and welcome to the Q York podcast, brought to you from our local church in the beautiful city of York in the UK. The message you're about to hear is from one of our services, which also feature great live music and relevant movie clips. These can all be found on our blog, so to make sure you're getting the full experience, feel free to head over to qyork.co.uk and select blog to find the relevant content. There's also a huge selection of talks and live music videos on our media page, as well as a donate button if you'd like to show your appreciation and enable us to keep producing free content like this. Finally, to stay up to date on new blogs and events at Q, you can sign up for emails by filling in your name and email address at the bottom of any page on the website. But right now, it's time for the message. Good morning. It's a cool video. Has anybody seen that before around the social medias? Um, what, it, what struck me when I watched it is there's always more to see. And I wonder this morning how you're looking at your life, maybe what's stretched out in front of you over the next few months. Maybe what you see is people and you look at certain people and you're seeing a certain thing. Maybe it's the mirror that you look in and you're looking at it and seeing a certain thing. Uh, I want you to consider before we start, as we start today, we've already started, uh, how do you see your life and what are you seeing and are you willing today to embrace the idea that there might be more? Because if there's not more, then we might as well pack up and leave now. There's no point carrying on any further or hearing anything more. But if there's more, do you want to find out what it is? Because there might be something good that we are missing at the moment. Now, I saw a cool quote this morning. Um, because to see things differently, we might need to engage with some new thoughts. There's a cool quote I saw. Most of us lead far more meaningful lives than we know. I just want to pause there. Every interaction you have with everybody, or maybe all the interactions you don't have with people, are meaningful. Things are happening, and you are in interacting with other people's lives, and you're making an impact on their world. They're making an impact on yours. I want us to realize as we start today that we are powerful people. What we do changes our lives, and it changes the world. So if we can engage with some new things this morning, we are literally changing the world by being different people. Often finding meaning is not about doing things differently. It is about seeing familiar things in new ways. Now, last week we watched a really funny clip from Kunk on Earth. If you haven't watched Kunk yet, Philomena Kunk interacts with all kinds of things uh, and observes history in new ways, and it's hilarious. Um, but she talked about how we have mind pipes in our brain and how we're trying to like push peas through mind pipes. She said, having new thoughts is a bit like trying to push peas through your mind pipes. So what we are doing this morning is trying to engage with the peas in our mind pipes. Um, because you might like to organize your cupboards at home and stack your tins and arrange your spaghetti in a certain kind of way. But when it comes to our inner world, there are spiritual things that we have to engage in a different way. You can't just stack up things like that. We, that's why we do church, because we want to engage with things on that level. I've got a funny story which I wanted to tell you this morning, which is about a businessman in India. Now, in 2019, a 27-year-old businessman from India tried to sue his parents for bringing him into this world without his consent. Uh, he claims that life is suffering and that parents have children for their own pleasure and impose this life of suffering on the unborn. Uh, the Mumbai businessman argues that, as we didn't ask to be born, we should be paid for the rest of our lives to live. 
Uh, this was his quote, isn't forcing a child into this world and then forcing it to have a career, kidnapping and slavery. <laughs> uh, it made me laugh, but it also made me think about, um, about life and being alive and not being alive. Um, one of the things that Kunk on Earth engaged with recently was Shakespeare. Um, and one thing I learned this week that I didn't know before, do you know the, the phrase, to be or not to be, that is the question. I didn't realize really the the context of what that whole thing was about. It's basically someone in his Hamlet, isn't it? And he's considering, should I carry on living or should I kill myself? Should I carry on living this life to be or should I end my life not to be? I'm a little slow, but I hadn't realized that after 40 years on this earth. So it was a learning day this week. Um, some of you are laughing, but you know that you didn't realize as well. Um, but there's a really cool line in that whole paragraph where he talks about um, escaping the, and it's gone out of my head now, the mortal coil. He says, throwing off the mortal coil. And I thought that's a really interesting phrase. And it reminded me of something that we've talked about here before, where Solomon says, um, he says, uh, life is a corkscrew that can't be straightened, a minus that won't add up. Now, another thing I learned this week that I didn't realize, when you look at the context of that paragraph where he says, life is a corkscrew that can't be straightened, do you know how it starts? He says, call me the quester. I never realized that. What a cool way to start the paragraph, especially for us. Call me the quester. And he talks about how he's gone all around earth and explored all different kind of mysteries and he's kind of got to a bit of a dead end and said, well, God's kind of made it pretty hard for us, really, because life is difficult. And I think that's kind of what the Indian guy was getting at. He's like, my life is hard. It's difficult. It feels like this corkscrew that can't be straightened. Now, one thing Ant helped us with before, he said, if life is a corkscrew, then rather than trying to figure it out, use it to open the bottle of wine and enjoy a good drink and live. Now, if you're into wine, great. If you're not into wine, here's an alternative. Life is like a helter-skelter. And I thought, a helter-skelter might help us. Who's been on a hel- Kids, have you been on a helter-skelter before? Some of you went to the whole fair yesterday. You might have been on a helter-skelter. I want you to consider another question before we carry on today. If your life is a helter-skelter, are you on the way up or are you on the way down? Because both are meaningful parts of life. The way down's great. It's fun. It's those moments where you're like, isn't life awesome? Whee! But you also, in order to have that experience, need to get to the top of a helter-skelter. And if you're feeling at the moment like, oh, life is hard work, then that is meaningful and that is valuable because life is hard work. And to get up that corkscrew might take some meaningful, difficult choices. Now, I believe that life is meant to be beautiful and to make beautiful things take some effort. And I want to remind you, really lovely link to our Wicked Origins show because there are some people in this room at the moment who are putting some serious, meaningful work into making things beautiful. And this show, uh, I've been lucky enough to be stood back there and observing things going on. It is going to be spectacular. It is, it is, there are moments that just take your breath away in practice. So uh, please make sure you get, get yourself a ticket. Take some flyers. There are some down here. Do you know what my pet hate is? Flyers left over after an event because it's money that we've basically not invested well. So if we've invested money into promo, please, the best way of getting people in these seats on the night is not to promote it online. It's for you and me to invite people. That's the best way to fill this place. If we all invite five people, they'll have a great time, and we will fill the place. So please make sure you take some flyers um, and make sure it was a great night. And this morning, please engage with some new thoughts so that we can grow together. Okay, thanks. Good morning. Um, 
So I wanted to show you that film clip today. Well, it's kind of a, a few clips from the film to give you a bit of an overview of the film. If you haven't seen it, it's a film called 13 Lives. And um, it is about the rescue of 12 boys from a football team and their coach. And they get trapped in a cave um, in Thailand. And they go in, it's a, like a tourist attraction, so they're not being really ridiculous going into this cave. It's a tourist attraction. Monsoon season hasn't started. They go in and the rain comes unexpectedly and starts to rise and they get trapped. And that in itself could be a lesson for all of us, couldn't it? That actually we are not in control of the things we think we are sometimes. And um, I, could, I could give you loads of lessons about that from my own life and my own experience where I've thought I had everything in control and then the rain came and I wasn't in control and I got trapped. Um, but that wasn't the only thing I wanted to tell you about the film today. And um, when I initially watched it, it was the week before Danny stood up and talked about the drama triangle. And there is a clip in this film where um, it says that how many people were involved in the rescue. Um, and that there was the Navy SEALs who were in there. They were the experts. And then there were some guys that came over from England who were like rescue divers. They were volunteers. One was a businessman. The other was a retired PE teacher or something like that. They weren't classed as experts, but they were volunteer rescue divers. And they went over. And there's a, a bit after they managed to get the four when he says there's four out of four. The scene after that, two of the divers are lying in bed. And one of them says, do you know what's just dawned on me? That yesterday we would have been heroes had we got one boy out alive. Tomorrow we will be internationally hated if we bring one boy out not alive. And it struck me how quickly, when Danny talked about the drama triangle, how quickly we can move from one role to another through no fault of our own often. And it's not necessarily, it's not in our control, that those roles. Other people put us in those places. And, and it's our job to decide not to, to take up those roles rather than to just adopt them and be like, well, that's just me then. Um, and so I thought it was really interesting and then when Jenny asked about talking this week, I watched the film again. And I was like, oh my goodness, there's even more that I could take from this film. I'm like watching thinking, I don't know which bit to talk about. And what I concluded in the end was I wanted to say something on the back of what Jenny said last week about the lessons that we can learn from things other than the Bible that are equally as valid. She talked about the Bible being on the move and actually can we expand where we find the Christ story rather than just in the Bible. Um, and so I, I went through and I thought, well, what lessons and what questions have I got from this film? And I came up with a number of questions based on watching this film and listening to Jenny last week. And I thought, do you know what, rather than tell you a funny story, which I normally do, I'm sorry I'm going to disappoint with no silly stories today. But um, um, I wanted to tell you the questions that I'd, I'd come from, from, from watching the film and listening to Jenny. Um, so the first one was this, that the lessons that can be taken from this film, which is a true life story, are vast and many but are they less valid than other lessons because they are not written in the Bible? The second question I had was, how often do we discredit somebody's lived experience because we are more concerned about where we have found the lesson rather than the authenticity of the lesson itself? The third question I had was, in this film, the Navy SEALs initially laugh off and refuse advice from the British divers as they believe themselves experts and they don't want to take on board the lived experience of the divers but want to hold on to the superiority they believe they have because of the theory they have learned in order to gain their title. I wonder whether we can be guilty of that as Christians sometimes. Do we believe ourselves superior because we have this theory book and in turn discount others' lived experience? 
And um, this came to light a little bit. I was thinking about the work that I do in the prison. And me and Kelly have worked with some, some of the girls more recently. And one of the girls in particular, I went for a session with her. And I sat with her and, and this lovely chaplain lady who came to see her. But everything that this girl told her about the la- her life, this, this lady said to her, well, do you know, in the Bible, it says we should love our enemies. And this girl is like spilling out like... Um, details of trauma that she has lived through and abuse that she has lived through. And this lady kept going, I I understand that. But when we see the speck in somebody else's eye, we need to look for the log. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, like, this is awful. Listening to her just minimize this girl's life by these these lessons, which are really valid lessons. But right in that moment, this girl had, had something else to tell. My last question I came up with was this. Is it possible that many lessons found in the Bible parables, which I grew up with in my Sunday schools, which were just stories, could also be found in films and events such as this one? And if so, does it matter where we gain this knowledge? So based on those questions, and that last one in particular, I decided to list all the lessons I could think of that I'd learned from this film. And some of them you might find familiar in terms of things you've learned from Bible passages and stories. So the first lesson was this, patience then loving your neighbor, bravery and courage, being willing to take a risk, working together, sacrifice, the power of the earth, prayer, love, kindness, putting aside differences, repaying debts, stepping out of your comfort zone, loss and grief, scapegoating, faith, hope, using your gifts, looking before you leap, listening and trusting others. And that's by no means an exhaustive list. I'm sure if you watched it, you would find loads more yourself. But the list goes on, and maybe I'm wrong, but the more I watched, the more I was convinced of the divine in all things, including this event and the film, and the more I recognized the validity of finding these lessons somewhere other than the Bible. Perhaps, I discovered at the end of this, if we can open ourselves up to the idea of not only looking into the Bible, perhaps we will find that Christ is in more of our lives and the things that we're involved with rather than less. Oh, bringing my helper with me. <laughs> uh, so that clip is from This Is Us, which is my current binge. I can highly recommend it. It's quite emotional. It follows those three siblings. Um, how many of you think that if they went to the videotape, they'd see something different and they'd be able to view it objectively? I was sat there watching that thinking, no, you wouldn't. You come to exactly the same conclusions because you're still viewing it from your own perspective, aren't you? Um, and it reminded me of the, you know, the white painting that, that we've talked about. What you see is what you see. And how actually everything, I like the, the picture that, that Jenny had last week of the iceberg. All that stuff below the surface that's kind of shaping us and forming us and helping us to um, have our lens of how we view things. It's always going to be there, isn't it? You know, like you, you can't not look at things subjectively. Um, so there's a, there's a verse that's been on my mind a lot recently from Romans 12, verse 2, that says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, I think once upon a time we might have thought that, you know, the pattern of this world was the sort of secular, sinful world, and that we're trying to be this saintly way of living or whatever, but actually maybe the pattern of the world is just all that stuff that we've picked up that helps us to form our perspective and that it, it's, it's not as clear cut as black and white, like, oh, that's sinful and then this is the choice that I make to be, you know, an angel. Um, it also reminded me of some pictures that um, I've shown before about perspective 
Um, these were taken pretty much at the same time, from the same place, out of my kitchen window. Um, one of them is very much focused on how dirty my windows were at that time, and the other is focused more outside, looking at the beautiful sky and the sun and the trees. And um, I can't really remember what I said, but I'm guessing it was something along the lines of, don't get so consumed about how dirty your windows are and miss all the gorgeous world that's outside. And, you know, that still stands. It's still valid. Sometimes I think that's what you need to tell yourself. But actually, there's also value in realising, gosh, my windows are really dirty. I need to give them a clean. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Um, and I think where I've gone wrong is that I don't just see, oh, I need to clean my windows. It's, oh my gosh, my windows are so dirty. I'm a horrible person. I'm disgusting. I'm a slop. And I had, I had this lens of shame to it. Um, so Jacob's come up with me because we've got a little prop to give to the kids. So if you'd like to come up and grab yourself a pair of glasses, I've got a, a, an alternative way that we could look at stuff. Do you want to get a pair out as well, Jacob? Go on, dish them out. Totally not following my notes. Hopefully I can make the point and uh, not take ages. What's funny is before uh, it started, I was watching some of the slides and there was actually a slide with a pair of these love heart glasses and, and a, a quote from Anth about viewing our life through a lens of loving kindness. What, what can you see, Ada, when you look through the glasses? Uh, if you look at the lights. What is it? Heart. Heart. So these are special glasses that do something special called diffraction. So when they look at the lights... There's like little hearts that form. Do you want to go down and let, let your parents have a go with them? You can have a little look. You can keep them. <laughs> so actually, I, I have a choice. If I'm sorry, go back to the pictures again. Woo! <laughs> when, um, when I'm looking at this, I can choose to put those glasses on and to say something nice to myself. Or when I'm in a situation and I'm, I find myself thinking about other people in not a very nice way, I, I have um, a choice then to renew my mind and transform my situation to say, actually, I'm going to see this differently. And, and that lens of loving kindness is actually so much better. You know, in the video, I saying, is this better? Is this better? And I think people's idea of love differs, doesn't it? So it's still not black and white. It's grey. Sometimes love says, no, you can't do that. Stop! Don't run into the road! You know, that's love. You, as a parent, you are protecting and wanting your child to grow. And I think that's another element, isn't it? That love is looking for growth and is to, is to bring you on. So... Something that I realised, this layer of shame that I was adding when I looked at my dirty windows or how much of a mess my house was, I realised that it's something that I probably picked up going back to my granddad being in the RAF and the way that my dad was brought up. The, the house was immaculate. They always had to look uh, 100%. You know, there was really high standards. And to be fair, they were probably quite judgy about people who didn't meet those standards. And so I've grown up with this kind of insecurity that whenever I don't meet this imaginary bar that's in my head that that I'm not good enough as a person and that I you know oh I remember in lockdown my dad would come around to help look after Rex while I was working from home and then um, one one week he got my hoover out and hoovered the playroom for me and instead of just thinking oh, that's nice my dad's helping me out I felt 
the deepest shame. I was so embarrassed. I thought, oh my goodness, my dad thinks my house is such a state that he has to come and do something about it and get the hoover out. And there was this moment of transformation. Oh, are you coming to model the glasses, Rex? Thank you. This moment of uh, transformation where I had to put the work in to sit with that feeling and to admit, right, this is where it's coming from and to acknowledge these patterns that, that I'd picked up and to say, no, I'm going to renew my mind and just to see it as being grateful. Thanks, Dad. You love me. You're going to help me out with my, with my hoovering. And do you know what? I still don't know whether he's looking at me thinking, oh, I wish you kept her house cleaner. But actually, that's his problem. That's not mine. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so I'm going to go back to my notes now because I had a couple of good points at the end. <laughs> Can you go back and sit with Dad now, please? <laughs> Thank you. Um, in the video, Randall, the black brother who was adopted, um, didn't get it right the first time. He was sat in that family therapy session and he just disagreed so much with Kevin's views of, of their childhood that he, he had to just say, no, you're wrong, it's like this, I was there, I bore witness to it, you know. Um, you don't always get it right first time, but actually, afterwards, after things settled down, he had the humility to come and say, do you know what, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to think like that. And you can choose to renew your mind after a situation has happened that will help to transform stuff going forwards. So in conclusion, I'd like to encourage you to try and be more aware of the stuff below the surface, the patterns that we've picked up that shape our view and dictate what we're focused on, and choose to regularly step back and renew our minds to include that lens of loving kindness more often that ultimately promotes our growth. Thank you. Morning. <laughs> that was a bit longer than I remembered. I came on a bit too soon and... Uh... But I decided that's kind of like my theme tune now. So, uh, and just to wake, well, wake you up, I was going to say that after the song, not to say that the song was boring, but just to give you a bit of a contrast, <laughs> a blast of your face, just to make you, uh, Anyway, um, is everyone all right? Is anyone dared to put the heating on yet? Yeah, yeah, Chris, not surprising. Um, I said on Facebook the other day, I, I'm waiting until I can see my own breath in the house. So uh, we'll see how long that goes. And that's not like from a scarcity mindset or anything. That's because I'm just tight. <laughs> tight Yorkshireman. Yeah, make, make that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, brought this, I brought this up because I've got a big iPad and I don't want to have to like hold it and end up like falling over. So, right. I've been a bit all over the shop this week trying to figure out um, what to add to the conversation here at Q. Um, often, like what people are trying to do when they get up and talk is articulate these really huge concepts uh, and all these things that they've probably been thinking about. And I personally, what I'm about to tell you now, I've been, I've been reading books on this for months, and so I have a bit of an, an understanding of these things, but not a complete picture. Uh, and it's just really hard to articulate these like huge concepts, uh, and it's it's difficult. Uh, so I appreciate everyone that gets up here and tries to get these things across. Um, so that said, <laughs> uh, I want to talk a little bit about expanding consciousness because uh, I think it's linked to how we grow up and how we grow spiritually. And we've talked a bit about growth today, and I think uh, sort of being alive in the super unknown is all about growing. Uh, 
And I, I, was, I was still writing this at like half two this morning, so I'm absolutely uh, shattered because I've, been, I've, been, I've, re I've rewritten it about six times this week and I've just spent so much time just thinking about it, trying, <laughs> trying to get the, these concepts down. It's, and it's frustrating. And normally, you know, I'd like to have a big media presentation and have some slides and stuff, but I've got nothing apart from that song, which I just stood there with. Um, so anyway... There's three words that keep jumping out to me when they're said here, and it's quite often. Uh, there's consciousness, there's ego, and there's fear. Um, and those words probably jump out to me more at the moment because so much of what I'm reading and studying talks a lot about these three things. Uh, so it's like you know when you buy a new car and you drive it off the forecourt and then you start to see that car everywhere. You're not unique anymore. Um, so with regard to consciousness, there's a bit of a paradigm shift happening. This is going to be a boring science lecture now. I'll try to speak in a scientific voice. But the mainstream belief of science currently is kind of that if it can't be measured, it, it doesn't exist. It can't be real. Uh, and this is called materialism. Um, and so the idea is that you're this physical body that's come from a physical world uh, with a brain which sort of has these uh, electrical pulses or whatever. And, and from that, you get your consciousness. Um, so yeah, you've got this thing called consciousness. And so that means that we sort of live inside our heads. And then some of us have a sense that there's kind of like a, a spiritual thing going on outside of that. Um, but it's all a bit kind of, it's all a bit mystical. Sorry, I'm just, uh, yeah, and there's kind of a sense of mystery about it. Um, but now... This sort of like the fringe scientists uh, have been saying for a little while now that actually things may be the other way around. So consciousness is actually all that there is, uh, and physical matter is just like a tiny portion of that big picture. Um, so that means we're all segments of a larger consciousness system. Um, and so our brains are connected to that larger consciousness system. Uh, and for me, that idea alone just makes the whole picture of reality, a heck of a lot bigger. Um, it's starting to expand my consciousness. Um, and so if you call that larger consciousness system God, and we're all part of that story in a much bigger way than ever before, um, it's made me have to think about a lot of ideas that I've binned, actually, and sort of deconstructing it. Um, because it's, it's kind of made me have to sift through the bin and maybe start to put a few things back on the table. And I can't really like, flesh much of that out now because there's a, there's a lot of complexity to it. But um, it's just the idea that some of those things could be relevant, <laughs> relevant again. Um, a lot of things that have been, yeah. So, so if the larger consciousness system is God and God is love, then obviously we too are love. And in simple terms, that larger consciousness system is calling us to grow and expand in that love, so we expand our consciousness. Now, Chris reminded us of a Bible verse the other week, which was, uh, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and of a sound mind. So, where does the fear come from? It's not from God, as that verse says. Um, God isn't fear, God is love. Uh, and yet many of us, many of us are very fearful. And those fears... Uh, can be quite deep-rooted. Um, sort of, so the reduction of fear is the key to expanding your consciousness. Uh, and so I'm finding it's quite important to figure out what those fears are in, in life. 
that stop me from growing up and reaching full potential. And this is where ego comes in, the other word that comes up quite a lot. Um, there's many interpretations of what ego is, but one from the book that I'm reading currently, which I would like to have put on the screen because it's an extremely dry, long sentence, <laughs> but it says, um, his expl the explanation of ego, it's quite wordy, but it says, the ego's main job is to keep you feeling good and managing the various, various belief systems that are designed to keep your fears belong beyond your intellectual awareness. Let me just say it again, sorry. It's, it's awfully wordy. The ego's main job is to keep you feeling good and managing the various belief systems that are designed to keep your fears beyond your intellectual awareness. So that's a huge mouthful, sorry. And basically what it's saying is your ego's job is to compensate for your fears uh, and then and build this sort of fantasy. And if you start to believe that fantasy um, that the ego is creating, those fears will be harder to identify and deal with. So here we've discovered the Enneagram, uh, and if you're not sure what that is, just ask one of us, because it's been massively helpful in identifying a lot of our fears. Um, sorry, lost, lost my place again. Yeah, so we've studied the Enneagram. Uh, it's been hugely uh, helpful in identifying my fears, uh, and I've experienced it a lot this week, because my core fear is one of not wanting to appear incompetent, uh, and so the fantasy I've got going through my head is that I'll wait until I've gained a full understanding of something before I'll ever engage with it or ever try to show that I, I know anything about it. Um, which is obviously a bit of a fallacy because you can never really fully understand <laughs> these things. Um, and so that makes me kind of feel good, the notion that I wouldn't ever appear incompetent because I'll have a full understanding eventually, and I'll be an expert, and then in the meantime, I can just pose as one until I've got the full idea of what it is. Um, so it's obviously a, it's a completely unattainable goal, but that kind of makes me feel all right and settled, because it means I'd, it requires nothing of me. Uh, and so I'm actually trying to face that fear now by giving you uh, bits of something that I'm still trying to understand, and I'm risking showing my incompetence. Um, uh, but that's what being on a quest is about, and I'm just accepting that as part of the process. So, back to the larger consciousness system, or God, is in the business of uh, growing us up. So, expanding our, uh, and expanding, our, expanding our consciousness. And it's not just for our own benefit, but it's for the benefit of the whole system. And there's a lot of complexity around that. But it's, it's very powerful, and I'm reading a book at the moment that's called <laughs> My Big Toe, uh, which is actually My Big Theory of Everything. It's an acronym, uh, but it's just a funny name for it. Uh, and there's just so much stuff in there that's going through my head all the time. And uh, a lot of times when people talk, it just like bits of the book just jump out on me. So that's I've, trying to, I've kind of tried to do a bit of that here because a lot of this is from that. Um, but if you have any questions about that book, I can happily tell you about it. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that's kind of it. That's kind of like a, a brain fart that I just had in front on the stage for everyone to enjoy. <laughs> uh, so I hope it's in some way been useful. If it's not been useful to you at all, it's been useful to me to try and process some of these ideas and get it down, uh, written down. Um, so what I'll do is I'll leave you now with a short clip of one of my favorite filmmakers and directors who's called David Lynch. Uh, and he touches on some of this and he likens consciousness to an inner ocean that we can uh, dive into. Uh, but what I'm proposing uh, is that we are like a drop of the whole ocean, which is a larger consciousness system. Okay, thanks for listening. Hi. 
Um, I am just here to do a very quick wrap-up. Um, I, I got so much out of what everybody said, so thank you so much for those of you who took the time to prepare. Um, I know it takes time, and I know that it's filled with self-doubt as well when you try to do it, so I'm really grateful for those of you that did. Um, I wrote down lots of things, but I've just summarised it into these five that I think might help some of you as you walk away. Um, the first one is that if we worry about where the lesson is coming from, we may be too quick to dismiss the lesson. So it doesn't matter where it's coming from, the lesson to you in life, just learn it and grow from it. If we wait for a full understanding of that thing we're trying to get our head around, we may just become paralyzed and not do anything. So if you've got a half understanding or even a quarter of an understanding of something you're working through in your life, don't wait to move, move on that bit you've already got. Um, if we wait to articulate until we're perfectly happy with what it is we want to say, quite honestly, we'd be silent every week because we are growing and learning and there's things moving all the time. And if we don't question our fears consciously, our ego is just going to keep them. So be a questioner. If you feel afraid, ask yourself some conscious questions about those fears. Um, and right back, I suppose, to what Danny said at the beginning, um, we cannot take straighten this corkscrew that is life. It is full of twists and turns and complexities. And if you're still trying to get your life to go in a straight line, you're probably wasting a lot of time and energy. Your life will sometimes be on the upward spiral and you'll sometimes feel like it's on the downward spiral. But as Danny said at the beginning, a corkscrew is great for opening wine and life is for living and just whatever you need to do today to be able to go I'm going to live this life consciously without fear um, we will continue to be here every Sunday to try and help you to do that because we want to grow and move and thank you again to everybody that's helped you have food for thought this morning thank you Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. Now, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, then we would love to hear from you. Feel free to drop us an email to info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. Don't forget there are blogs and all sorts of media to be enjoyed at qyork.co.uk, which are welcome to browse at your leisure. Until next time, enjoy the quest. <laughs>